whispers and stuff. You guys, pay attention. I know we're kind of spread out, but just pay attention. You have these TV characters, these book characters, and you get close to them. Why? Because you want to be like them or you think that you are some way like them. You know what I mean? You find some things about their character that you're like, I either feel like I am that or I want to be that, right, in the character. If you go on a th- go ahead and throw up this picture for me. This is where I go to. Because <laughs> I'm a nerd, both of them. I love both of these guys so much. I'm a Marvel nerd. I love the MCU. I love movies. I love superheroes. I don't know if you guys heard they confirmed that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are coming back for a live action Spider-Verse. I'm so pumped for it. Yes, they did. It's crazy. I'm super excited. But enough about that. See, I feel connected to those guys. I felt when I was a kid, because these came out in 2008. I was in like middle school. So, so in, in, in middle school, I was watching superheroes on, on like in the movie theaters, and I really grew attached to these guys. And they had, what, 10 years of movies? And then, have you seen Endgame? Yeah? You get, you, get the end, you get the end of their arcs, right? Their story arcs. They, they start with their movies, and then they end, right? You have Iron Man, who actually sacrifices himself and, and passes away. And then you have Steve Rogers, who goes back in time and lives out the rest of his life and then comes back as an old man. And it's kind of weird, but whatever. Um, <laughs> So I felt super connected to these guys throughout their story, throughout their arcs. And what was so cool is each movie that came with these guys in it, you got a little bit more about their character. You got a little bit more about who they were uh, with every movie. And then there was Civil War, and they actually clashed. And then there's Avengers after that, and they're coming back together. And there's all this, this great storytelling that happens, and you grow attached to the characters. And it's kind of the same way with this book, the Bible. The Bible's the same way, where if you read it from front to back, or maybe you just read portions of it, you start to get attached to characters. You start to see yourself in, in, in um, some of the Bible characters, and you say, I'm like that, or you look at the Bible characters, and you say, I want to be like that, right? Throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible, and you get to learn about these characters. You get to know these people, these mighty men, these mighty women. You get to know the very nature and the character of God. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That we can have this in our hands, and we can be able to understand the very nature of God. So what we're going to talk about tonight very quickly, is something that I know can be really cliche, but I think it's good to know and it's an awesome place to start. We're going to talk a little bit about creation. I don't, think if, I don't know if you guys have ever read the beginning of Genesis or remember it or know it, but it is incredible. So if you don't know, which is okay, that's the whole reason why we're doing this, by the way. Never feel like if you don't know a story or you don't understand, don't feel like you should... You should hang your head in shame or anything like that. That's not what we're about. We're, ju- we're just learning together, right? So Genesis, it's this book of new beginnings everywhere, from the creation of the earth to the creation of humanity to the creation of civilization to 
the destruction of civilization. There's so much in Genesis. And so it, it really is the foundational book of the Bible. It sets up the whole rest of the story. So you have to have a good understanding of Genesis and really a good understanding of the creation story. But that's where you get the in the beginning. But our big series, our big series, so we actually have two. In the beginning is one, right? Cool. Logos is actually our, our big one. And you're like, no, that says logos. No, it's, it's called Logos. Lagos. Everybody say Lagos. Lagos. Yes. Lagos. Yep. So Lagos. And what does that mean, right? It's a Greek word, right? So the Bible is Hebrew and Greek. So it's a Greek word, and it literally describes God. It describes the word of God. It, 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 it's the description of the Bible, it accurately defines the depths of God's thoughts and his intentions and his will for us. Lagos contains both the message of God and the messenger that, that he sent. Lagos embodies and expresses the very depths of God. You guys have ever heard in, in John, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Yeah, that's Lagos, Lagos, the word, the word, Lagos. If there's one Greek word that you, you can go to your school and go, I know Greek, and they'll go, what? And you'll go, Lagos, and they'll go, um, you weirdo, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, they won't do that, maybe. Um, so I'd like to go ahead and start. If you have your Bibles or you have um, your phones to read, we'll also have it up here, but I'd like to start. In the beginning, okay? So we're going to go to Genesis 1-1. If you don't know where that is, you take your Bible, um, look at the table of contents, and then flip over. And you're there. Maybe not. You might have some preface or something, but whatever. So this is important. This is God's word, and this is actually the first words that we get in our Bible. How cool is that? Okay, could we all say those first three words, the, the title of the series, together? Could we just say that? Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. In the beginning, and I'm only going to read the first ten, so just bear with me. Do you have it in your Bibles or on your phones? Okay, cool, awesome. We'll test that. It says this, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Could you imagine? Formless and empty. There's nothing there. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. What does that even mean? It means there's nothing. There is a vast nothing burger out there. The darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Verse 5, we're already halfway there. God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. And then there was evening, and there was morning. This was on the first day. Verse 6, and God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. 
So God made the vault and separated the waters from under the vault and the water above it, and it was so. And God called the vault sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. Verse 9, God said, let there be water under the sky to be gathered to one place and let the dry ground appear, and it was so. And God called the dry ground land, and he gathered the waters, and he called them seas. Pretty easy. And God saw that it was good. Guys, there is so much packed into these first 10 verses. And I know it's like, okay, so he made light, and then he called it day. He made dark, and then he called it night. Whatever. A lot of people would read that and go, okay, whatever. Exactly. Guys, there is so much here that is important because we get this first, this first thing of creation glorifying God. God created everything for his glory. He created everything with order. He, he began creation as a physical representation of his glory and his power as a physical representation of his glory in, in his power. He wanted something that he could see, something that he could create, something that there, there would be a, a form to. In these first 10 verses, it might seem like, okay, whatever, he made, night, he made day, he made night, he made the land, he made the seas, whatever. But it's so important to know that there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. And God spoke, and there became something. By looking at the vastness of the universe, have you guys ever taken, like, astronomy or anything or seen, like, planets or stars or galaxies or universes or whatever? Guys, God spoke that into existence. Let there be light. Boom, there's light. He just spoke. That's it. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But have you ever gone out and you've looked at the stars or you look at mountains or you look at the sky or you see something and it's just so beautiful and you're like, man, I, I said it all throughout our honeymoon. We went out to Colorado and I'm just like, and people say there's not a God. You go out and see the Rockies. You go out and see all these trees. You go out and see all these mountains. You see this beautiful creation and people still want to deny that God had a plan in it, that there's no order to anything that, that happens, anything that we do. He created creation for his glory. Here's another cool thing, right? God is, so, so we believe that God is the Trinity, right? Father, Son, Spirit, right? But all of those persons are one, right? That's why they're the Trinity. So it's one being, one God, right? Tracking with me? One God. He spoke and created everything. Now, if you go back and look at religions, there's actually still religions today that believe in multiple gods. Do you know how crazy it is to believe in multiple gods? Do you know what you have to do? You have to think that there is a sky god, there is a, 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 a water god, an air god. You have to believe that there's all these gods, lowercase g, all these gods that have to come together do council meetings every Tuesday night over, over Taco Tuesday, okay? They all get together and they say, okay, this is how we're going to order this thing. I don't know. Have you guys ever done a group project together? Um, they're disasters for the most part. 
they never work out, right? So in order to believe in multiple gods, you have to believe that there is like the best group project going on and it's always in, in, in sync and it's always right there and it's always like perfect. Guys, we have one God, one God who spoke and created everything for his glory. One God, so powerful that he could literally speak things into existence. I don't know if you guys have ever read the first 10 verses and just gone, okay, whatever. He created everything, whatever. Guys, he created everything. Think about it. Everything. Everything was created for the glory of God. So I want you guys to know in these first 10 verses of Genesis that he created everything. He's glorious because he created, he saw his creation, and then he declared that it was good. He worked at it, he saw it, and then he declared it. That's pretty amazing. I don't know about you, but I think that that is pretty amazing. If you're not tracking with me, you don't understand, you're like, okay, I'm already lost. We're 10 verses in the Bible, and I'm already lost. Think of it this way. Have you ever gone to see like a painting or, um, or listen to a good album, like a really like an amazing artist, or you like watch a movie, like I just talked about Marvel and I love Marvel, but like you watch a movie and you're like, man, that actor is like really, really good. That movie was really, really good. My brain always goes to, it was really good because of the people that were in it. This movie was really good because of the people that were in it. This art work is amazing because of the person who did it. If you don't know, uh, I love Bob Ross. He's love, you guys watch Bob Ross? Yeah. Oh, he's so, he's so nice. He's just so nice to listen to, and he's just happy all the time. And it's amazing to watch him because in 20 minutes, he can do an amazing painting. And I think every time, I'm like, oh my gosh, this painting is incredible. This artwork is incredible. But every time my brain goes from this artwork is incredible to, wow, Bob Ross is really talented. Wow, Bob Ross had this amazing mind to create something really, really cool. Yeah. I do. I love his afro. <laughs> I think all the time when I watch a good movie, man, this movie is good because of this actor who was in it or this person who wrote it or this person who had a hand in it. It's the same way, if you don't understand these first 10 verses, I want you to understand this. It's the same way with God. When we look out at creation, when we look out at all the different things that are, that are, that are around us, creation points back to the creator. All of creation does that. So you can look at the creation, this art piece of the universe, of, of, of the world, of the earth, of everything, and you can look at the creator and say, wow, Wow, he's an amazing, an amazing God. Does that make a little bit more sense? Thinking of it as an art piece, artist, that kind of stuff. Have I totally lost you guys? Okay, please, please stick around with me, guys. Don't have your own conversations just yet. Please. I've got a, another thing here in um, verse 26 of the same chapter, so we're still in Genesis 1. You're looking at the Bible like, oh my gosh, we got to go through the whole thing. Yeah, we'll go through a lot of it, but don't worry about it. It's not too bad. 
Um, so in verse one or verse twenty-six, so God's created everything. He's created the universe. He's created the earth. He's created all these different things, and he sits back and he says, "Okay, uh, let's do something else. Let's do something fun. Let's do something crazy." This is what he says in verse twenty-six. He says, "Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness.'" So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. That's us, guys. We get to rule over everything here on the earth because we're humans. Congratulations. Um. <laughs> Verse 29, it says, Then God said, I give to you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath in it, of life in it. And I will give every green plant for food. And it was so. And then verse 31, he saw all that he had made, and it was very good. That's the first time we see it. It's all good, it's good, it's good, it's good. He makes humans, he makes humanity, male and female, it's very good. And then there was evening, and there was morning, and that was on the sixth day. Guys, God created humanity for relationship. God wanted to have relationship. He wanted to create something that he could relate to, that he could talk to, that he could converse with. In Genesis, when he made Adam and Eve... We'll talk a little bit about this next week. But when he made Adam and Eve, he was actually walking in the garden with them. That's a crazy concept. What would you do if God, not Jesus, not Jesus, but God actually was able to like walk in? That would be crazy. That's what happened. He wanted relationship with Adam and Eve. So he created male and he created female. And he said, it's very good. It's very good. He created us as triune beings. Do you guys know what triune means? A unity of three things. Can you guys think of what those three things are to make a human? Body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, spirit. That's what makes us different. That's what makes us different as humans. We are body, soul, and spirit. And we're image bearers of God. So that each of us is as unique and as intricate as God himself. Guys, I don't want you to ever think of God with, as like the man with the long hair and the big gray beard and the white tunic. Like, he's above that. When it says that he creates us in his likeness, that doesn't mean that like, okay, Gabe, you, you kind of, you, you have the nose of God. And Keegan, you have the ears of God. You have the eyes of God. Like, it's not what this is. It's not what this is. 
Likeness refers to the spiritual dimension, refers to the fact that we get to experience God. We get to have a relationship with him. When he says that we are made in the image of God, when we're made in the image of God, it refers to the ability to think and reason. Do you guys think and reason pretty well? No. <laughs> Come on, guys. No. God has the desire to bless humanity, and that's why we are different. We are different because of the blessing that he's given us. He's given us dominion and rule. He's created us in his image. He's created us in his likeness. I think that's pretty cool. Anybody else with me? Or are you guys completely bored and done? Good. Good. I hope so. If you're, fo- if you're not tracking with me, let me put it this way. I make music. I love making music. It's very fun to make art. I love doing it. It's really fun. I love, I love creating. I love mixing. I love mastering. I love doing all of that stuff. But I tell you what I really love. It's sharing my music with people. It's sharing the music that I have with you guys or with Macy or with my parents or anybody. Anytime I'm get, I get to share it, there's always something really special about it. Why? Because we're built for relationship. What good is creation? What good is creation is all this amazing beauty that we all get to experience if there's nothing to enjoy it, if there's nothing to recognize it. So that's what God did. God wanted to create humanity so that he could have relationship with us. And here's the last thing, really quickly. It's almost like a sermon within a sermon. It's because I got three things that I want to talk about within the three things. So here you go. But here it is. God wants to introduce himself to us. I know we read a, a majority of the gist of creation. I would encourage you to read Genesis 1. Read Genesis 1, read Genesis 2, and actually get a chance to hear from God because... That's how he, he, it's almost like he's whispering. He's saying, hey, I'm this powerful. I'm this cool. I am this amazing. I am this awesome. If you need a reason to worship God, go to Genesis chapter 1. He made everything through his words. I don't know about you, but that's pretty amazing. You might not know me as well as you think you do, you know. Like maybe you're like, I wish I would have known more about him. I wish I could know this. Or maybe you have another friend who you're like, I wish I knew more about him. But if I, or maybe that friend that you're thinking of, if we were to write a book about our life, and we told you this happened to me, and this happened to me, and this happened to me, you would know me a little bit better, wouldn't you? Yeah. If you sat and talked with me, if you had conversations, and a lot of you guys do, and I love getting a chance to talk with you guys, it's so much fun. But if, as you get to talk to me or talk to anybody, you get to know more about that person. Genesis is the beginning of that very thing, right? Genesis is the beginning where God is saying, hey, check me out. Check this out. I want you to to know about me. I want you to hear about me. You guys get it? I want you to hear me. I want you to know me. Guess what? I created everything. 
I spoke and I did this. It's amazing. And there's three things that God lets us know in this first chapter really quickly. God is a personal being, right? We just talked about it. He wants relationship with us. It's amazing that the God of the universe who created everything wants to have a relationship with you. Wants to have a relationship with you. Wants to get to know your name. Wants to get to know who you are as a person. Wants to love on you and be loved on from you. God wants that. So God is a personal being. He created Adam and Eve in his image for a reason. It was so that they could have relationship. He's also a moral being. Morality is pretty good. He's moral. Because everything that he created was, starts with a G, it was good. Everything that he made was good. Without sin, it was perfect. And then when he made man, he said it was very good. At the beginning, even Adam and Eve were without sin. That's pretty awesome. Here's the last thing. If you don't catch on to anything else, I want you to catch on to this. God is powerful. And you're like, okay, I knew that. Let me tell you. He called everything to existence out of nothing. Not, not just darkness, not just like you turn off the lights and if you turn off the lights and you can't see the chair, it's still here. No, there's nothing. And God said, let there be light. Boom. Let there be water. Boom. Let there be day and night. Boom. His word was so powerful that it just happened. That's crazy. I, I, I still can't even believe it. That he could just speak. God's word is important. This thing, this Bible, is so incredible because we get to see God at work. We get to see, hear his voice. And guess what? When you read your Bibles, as we're about to do over the next few months, let me let you know something. You get to know God deeper. How many people tonight would say, I, I, I want to know God deeper? Like, I want to know who he is more. Yeah? I do. The entirety of scripture, and this is where I'll close, so if you guys want to bow your heads and close your eyes, just as I'm kind of wrapping up, so you guys can go ahead and get your hearts in in a place to receive, just so you can focus. There's nothing special about that, just so you guys know. But the entirety of Scripture points back to Jesus, and I think that that's amazing. Everywhere, even in Genesis, it points to Jesus. Even in Revelation, at the very end, it's pointing to Jesus. Everything in Scripture points to Jesus. Why? Because he's fully God, this amazing, powerful God who created everything, fully God, and he is fully man. This amazing creation that God said wasn't just good, it was very good. He was fully God. He was fully man. He was the true son of God. And that same God who created everything, who wanted relationship with Adam and Eve so bad that he 
literally made Adam out of, Adam out of dust. That same God wants a relationship with you. So much so that when sin came and entered into the world, we had to have a remedy. We had to have a sacrifice. We had to have something so that we could have a relationship with God again. And that person was Jesus. So even at the very beginning of Genesis, there was already a plan. There was already something in place to have a relationship with God. And so tonight, if you're thinking with every head bowed, every eye closed, tonight if you are thinking to yourself, I've never had a relationship with the Lord I've never really taken it serious, but I would like to. The God who created the universe wants to have a relationship with you. Don't miss out on that opportunity. If that's you tonight, you say, I want to have a relationship with the Lord. I want to have a relationship with God. If you would just be so bold to raise your hand. Say, I want to have that relationship. Awesome. Awesome. That's amazing. That is that's incredible. He wants relationship with you. He wants to be glorified through you. And that's not to puff himself up. It's because he's worthy and it because, it's because he deserves it. So, Father, tonight I pray that each and every student here would just be able to understand on some level the power and the absolute majesty of this account in the very first chapter, these very first words of Genesis. Father, I, I ask that each and every student who has raised their hand or maybe they didn't and they just want that relationship within their own heart, I pray that you would make yourself tangible to them. You would make yourself uh, so real to them. And Lord, they would be able to, to walk in and step into that relationship with you. Father, I pray that each of them would know their value, know their worth, know exactly the, the kind of, of lengths that you would go to have relationship with them. So much so that you would send your son to die on a cross for our sins. You're worthy of our praise, truly. You are worthy. You're a God who is so powerful that you literally spoke and things just appeared. It's so crazy to even wrap our minds around that concept. We thank you that you're a good father to us. We thank you that you are a good God, and we thank you that you are just that powerful. You still have that same power that just your word can change the situation for generations and generations and generations. Father, we thank you. And we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, I love this part because this is where we get to take it into action.